Hi, it's really great to have you with us. I'm Rob Porter. My wife Heather and I have the amazing privilege of being the senior pastors at Kingdom Culture Church in Burpengary, Queensland. We have an incredible preaching team and I hope that this message will encourage and bless you as you listen. I'll do all the intro stuff in a second. Why don't we read a scripture together? I'm glad Dan's excited about the word of God. Second Kings 7 says this. Elisha said, listen, God's word, the famine is over. The famine is over. This time tomorrow, food will be plentiful. A handful of meal for a shekel, two handfuls of grain for a shekel. The market at the city gate will be buzzing. The attendant on whom the king leaned for support said to the holy man, you expect us to believe that? Trapdoors opening in the sky and food tumbling out? Get ready for the savage prophet. You'll watch it with your own eyes, he said, but you will not eat so much as a mouthful. Every now and again with Elisha and Elisha, I wonder if like, did God tell you to say that? Or are you just grumpy? (laughs) It happened. So like, this is in the palace, right? We're in the palace. There's a famine, the prophet's speaking. And then it's like, kind of like scene changes. Says this. It happened that four lepers were sitting outside the city gate. They said to one another, what are we doing here sitting at death's door? What are we, what are we doing here? If we enter the famine-struck city, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. What a great verse. Isn't that encouraging? If we enter the city, we'll die. If we stay here, we'll die. But it's about to go up. So let's take our chances at the camp of Aram and throw ourselves on their mercy if they receive us, we'll live. One of my favourite verses in the Bible coming up. If they kill us, we'll die. <laughs> and this next, this next part is, is what I consider faith encapsulated. We've got nothing to lose. We've got nothing to lose. So after the sun went down, they got up and went to the camp of Aaron. When they got to the edge of the camp, surprise, not a man in the camp. The master, God, had made the army of Aram hear the sound of horses and a mighty army on the march. They told one another, this is the, the enemy, the king of Israel has hired the kings of the Hittites and the kings of Egypt to attack us. Panic, they ran for their lives through darkness, abandoning tents and horses and donkeys and Apple watches and Gucci and hoodies and Teslas. The whole camp was just as it is, running for dear life. These four lepers, can we just appreciate for a second, four broken, literally decomposing people set an army to flight. God can do a lot with some leprous praise, some leprous movement. First they ate and drank. They grabbed silver, gold and clothing, went off and hid it. They came back, entered the tent, looted it again, hiding their plunder. It's like 30 minutes prior, they're standing at the city having a really depressing conversation about how all roads lead to dying. A couple minutes later, they're in a camp and they're drinking some wine. They're having some roast lamb, having some peri-peri, some hummus, sorry, some hummus. Man, they're loving it. And I love this final part of the passage we're gonna read this morning. Finally, they said to one another, we shouldn't be doing this. This is a day of good news and we're making it a private party. If we wait around until morning, we'll get caught and punished. Come on, let's go tell the news to the King's palace. Father, we thank you this morning for the 30 minutes we got left. And Father, we ask by your Spirit, by your presence, you would 
Help us to realise we got nothing to lose and that faith is a journey and faith is often just about movement and going from here to there, even when it's scary, even when we're unsure, even when we don't know. Father, give us grace to have faith in your plans and your purposes. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, Amen. Amen. Thanks, Soph. Appreciate it. Uh, I, I'm kicking, uh, I'm speaking this morning in our Revival Resolutions series, which is amazing. Uh, if you didn't listen to Pastor Robin Heather last week, make sure you have a listen, fire it up. But Revival Resolutions, what, what does that mean? It's, it's, it's simply, what do we need to have and sustain revival in our lives? And I want to hone in this morning on the topic of faith. It says in the Word of God, without faith it's impossible to please God. You know, the famous man Charles Bronlin was a, French trapeze artist and he he wasn't making as much money as he wanted to in Europe and so he decided to go to America and then one day uh, rumor has it his wife said to him darling which clearly there was some marriage stuff going on she said darling to make a lot of money to really start this what you should do is you should start by tight roping across Niagara Falls you should start by tight roping across Niagara Falls I think Anna said that to me before not in those words and it was more jumping, not walking. But So Charles Brown sets up this thing and he tight ropes across Niagara Falls. Crowds begin to build. And a couple of days in, he had thousands of people watching, probably some of them hoping to see a bit of a... But he gets a wheelbarrow and he stands in front of the crowd. This is before he's on the tightrope. And he goes, who believes I can walk across Niagara Falls in, with a wheelbarrow in front of me? Everyone's like, we believe. He's like, who... Who believes that I can do it? Everyone's like, we believe. Thanks. You know, okay, that's cool. And, and then he looks at the promoter and goes, do you believe? And the promoter's like, of course I believe. That's why I brought you out. He's like, who believes I can walk across Niagara Falls? It's a true story. With someone in the wheelbarrow. Everyone's like, we believe. He looks at the promoter and says, do you believe? He's like, of course I believe, sir. I don't know why he's old English, but he is. Looks back at the crowd. Do you guys believe I can go across Niagara Falls with someone in the wheelbarrow? We believe. Looks at the promoter again. Do you believe I can do this? Of course I believe. That's why I brought you out here. He said, now who wants to get in the wheelbarrow? <laughs> well, true story. He said that. No one put their hand up. You see, I think faith is not so much about the volume of our agreement with the vision or with God's plan or with what our senior pastors say. Faith is about being in the wheelbarrow. Faith is not just about the vocality of your agreement. Faith is about your obedience to the call. And, and, and these two things are at war. This chair and this wheelbarrow are fighting. Thank you, Dan and Sarah, for getting this wheelbarrow. It's lovely. We're going to return it tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Balling on a budget. <clears throat> you see, wheelbarrow faith is very different to, to chair living. You see, man, I love the chair, man. I love the, I love the chair. Look at this, man. Look at this. Oh, West Elm. Thousand dollars. It's like 50 bucks from Kmart, but let's just pretend. I know. The chair is comfort. The chair is where we, as Christians and believers, start. But unfortunately, it's often where we stay. You know, I do believe there is a time and a season for a believer to be in the chair when we're freshly saved. You know, it says that God comforts the brokenhearted. But often what happens is we sit here too long. Some practical examples of what the chair looks like in our year two, three, four, five, six of being saved is... Uh, 
I'll, I'll go to church once a month, maybe. I, I, I will tithe tomorrow, <laughs> eventually. Just got to sort some things out. I need to look after me. Ooh, quiet. And I'm not, I'm not having a go this morning at all because um, I love the chair. Chair's comfortable. I'm 30 now, man. Jumping around in praise songs is tiring. I was at King's Church and I do this nuts. This song's on cocaine. It's called To the Left, To the Right by Planet Shakers. It's ridiculous. To the front, to the back, to the left, to the right. And like these like old people, like older people are like, front to the left. I did it for like five minutes. I was like, Pastor Ben, I'm going to die. <laughs> A chair is much more comfortable much more predictable and requires less sacrifice than the wheelbarrow. But what's interesting is that the wheelbarrow is actually much safer for your soul. This is good for your flesh. This is good for your soul. But this carries so much unknown. Am I carrying the wheelbarrow? Am I in the wheelbarrow? You know, that guy that jumped in the wheelbarrow at Niagara Falls probably had some valid thoughts like, what if it falls off? What if, what if it doesn't work? And I think this is, this is the, the dichotomy of the believer. And guys, if we could put a timer up for me, that would be awesome and take time off that I've already spent. That'd be great just to keep me focused. But, but this, this is what takes us where we need to go. This is what keeps our soul healthy because our soul actually requires and, and, and wants obedience to Christ. Our soul actually goes, what is God saying? And our flesh and our soul rage. You know, old school preachers used to say, faith and fear cannot coexist. Amen. It's kind of true. I feel like they're like bedfellows. Like anytime there's an opportunity to grab faith's hand, fear is there like, hello. Have you considered these 74 practical things? Anytime God's like, hey, step out in faith. Hey, why don't you do this? Hey, I'm calling you to this. Fear's there like, hello. I don't know why fear's old English as well, but that's what's happening. <laughs> hello. How are you going to sustain your bills if you tithe? How are you going to ruthlessly eliminate hurry if you go to church every week? <laughs> faith and fear are often close. Love what Jensen Franklin says. Step out and find out. Step out and find out. You know, the passage we find ourselves in, in Kings is brutal. So we read from chapter seven. Chapter six is one of the most hectic chapters in the Bible. Like, go read it. Like, when the kids aren't around. It's nuts, man. We've got famine and pestilence and cannibalism and child murder. And like, it's, it's like, woo! Like, it's full on. So what happens in this, in this season where the, the land is under duress is they, they know to find a prophetic voice. We can't hear, we can't see. That's not my sermon, but I think that's a good point. When you find yourself in a place where you can't see, get into a prophetic environment. Get around people that can speak what God's saying. And so they bring Elisha in and Elisha's bold, man. He's like, hey, the famine's over. I mean, it wasn't <laughs> in the natural, but it was in the spirit. You know, once again, we can read these passages and go, oh, that's so cool. Elisha rolls in. He's like, the famine's over. It's like, wow. I wonder if Elisha had some doubt. 
How often for us as a believer do we have to live in the tension of God said it, but I can't see it? God said it, but I literally can't see it. I can't even see that a cloud the size of a hand. I can't see anything. You do the first week of tithe or you do what I'm using tithing, but use whatever God says. And you're like, yeah, here it comes. I'm ready. Like those kids standing under those things in the water parks. I'm ready for the storehouse of heaven. Woo! And then Optus messages you and you're like, your phone bill is $755. You're like, how? You call Optus, you're like, excuse me, I tithed. <laughs> Did you know? I don't live in your economy. I live in God's. They're like, stop going over your data. But, but that's faith sometimes, right? It's like, hey, I'm going to speak it, but I, I, I guess. Can you imagine David? You come at me with spear, but I come at you in the name of the Lord of army of hosts. Real quick. I really need this to work. Elijah. Hey, fire's going to fall down from heaven. Give me one sec. Hey, Lord, I just told them that fire is going to come down and consume everything. So... If you could do that, that would be unreal. I wonder the anxiety Moses had as he lifted his staff. This sea better part or we're all toast. (laughs) Pastor Rob, we're going to raise 200,000. Many years ago, two grand in the bank, we're going to do an album. Now I'm sure his faith never wavers. But I'm sure there were some moments in the background where he's going, well, Lord, please, (laughs) please come through. See, see what can happen is is what happens in the waiting, which I believe is 90% of Christianity, is we get disappointed and critical. God said it, we don't see it, and our attitude shifts. I want to encourage you this morning. God can work with a disappointed heart, but he cannot work with a critical spirit. It's all right if you're feeling disappointed. That's not a sin. But what happens is we get disappointed, we get disillusioned, and we get comfortable, and we start getting critical. How do you know that you're getting too comfortable? You start criticizing church. You start having opinions about church building methods. You never built anything in your life. You've been saved 12 months and you're telling people that have been saved 40 years how to do things. And because it's a Christian environment, no one comes down on you because that's not what we're about and that's not what God would necessarily want. But it's to your own detriment. Because instead of having life in the wheelbarrow, because this is the thing about a critical spirit and disappointment, it becomes a comfort blanket. Because criticising something is much easier than getting in the power pit and doing some work. And so faith requires some elbow grease and faith requires some trust in God. God, you are going to do it. Sir Cheeks is pumped. He's loving it. I call him Sir Cheeks. If you figure it out. The king and the servant go, this can't be, Elisha. That's not going to happen. Elisha's like, excuse me? You see, the king would have eaten regardless. The servant, his cupbearer that was standing there, he's going to eat regardless. Desperation builds your faith. Comfort makes you sit back. And we are some of the most comfortable people on earth. Elisha isn't prophesying for them. He's prophesying for the people out there that are dying and having to eat each other to live. You see, we're not in here for us. 
we are in here for the people that are not in here. <laughs> we are in here for the city. Oh, we've done so well. Oh, we've built something great. Hear me. I'm thankful to God for all he's done. 15 million streams of the worship album. Brilliant. Mission strips. Brilliant. But if we packed up today, this city would not know we were here. I have no idea. To speak personally as myself, I know that I'm pretty loud about wanting a big church and to grow and campuses and all that stuff. But it's not for fame or title or recognition. It's because there's a lot of people not in here. And I want everyone to be in here. I'm also a wing too. So I'm like, let's all hang out. 2.6 million people in Brisbane. Let's all go to heaven. Keys, if you could come back and join me, that would be phenomenal. So they're not keen on their vision. The king and the servant are in the armchair of comfort and they dismiss it. And so Elisha says, you will not take part. You will not taste a mouthful. Did you know something, friend? Next time I preach, I'll preach on something lighter and happier and you'll like me again. You can miss the move of God in your life. You can miss the move of God, the plan of God. We think that we can't miss things. No, no, you can. You can waste years. You can waste years. You can miss callings. God's good and His forgiveness and redemption and reconciliation is always there. But your attitude, your posture, my attitude, my posture, we can miss things in God. All right, change scene. Verse four, so it happened. We cut to these four lepers. Chilling out on the wall. Being like, hey, um, we're going to die. And if we stay, we're going to die. And if we go, we're going to die. And, you know, um, and our limbs are falling off. And... Like this is a horrible situation for a leper to walk was excruciating pain. He's like, hey, we, um, we should I go, go, I guess. What I love, and this is just a little extra biblical thought, is the palace didn't want it. So God was like, all right. The people in the king's house didn't want it. So God was like, all right, I'll use someone else. <laughs> if my people are too comfortable to have conviction and to walk in what I have for them, I'll, I'll find someone. He is God. Reinhard Bonnke said, I'm the eighth. God told me I was the eighth man to have this call, but they didn't want it. So these lepers, and I'll start with point number one. We cannot stay here. We cannot stay here. So they're like, hey, we got to go. We got to go. One of these servants, one of these lepers, this is fun. I don't know if you might know this, you might not. One of these servants is Gehazi. One of these lepers is Gehazi used to be the servant of Elisha. And he steals, as this, is a, this is a cool study, he steals and then gets cursed and becomes a leper. So we're talking about someone who has walked with the prophet and the man of God for years, done the wrong thing. He's now outside of favour, outside of the gates. He's disappointed, he's despondent, but, but I'm, I'm about to get pumped. I see Gehazi standing there being like, yeah, yeah, I, I don't know what to do and, and, and I'm probably going to die. And no matter where I go, I'm going to die. And uh, I used to be in favour and I used to be used, but then I made that mistake that I'm so ashamed of. I stole from God. But what have we got to lose? I don't know who I'm speaking to this morning, but you might have had some stuff. You might have gone through some things. You might have made some mistakes. You might have done bad things. But this morning's a great morning to go, well, I've got nothing to lose. I've got nothing to lose. We can't stay here. I want to prophesy to some hearts this morning. You might be disappointed, despondent. You might be upset with God. You might be upset at the church. You might dislike me. Who cares? God is here, friend. His mercies are new every morning. 
take that comfort blanket of self-pity and depression and disappointment off and go, you know what, I'm a walk. With my limbs falling off, in pain, unsure, disappointed, I'm gonna walk. And that walk might look like committing to the church. That walk might look like fixing things with your mum and dad. That walk might look like tithing. That walk might look like committing to Bible reading every day, even though you have no hours in the day to do that because your kids are crazy. I don't know what it is for you, but, but all I know is we can't stay here. We can't stay here. It says at dark of night, they moved. Why? They were lepers. <laughs> they were ashamed. They didn't want to be seen. Anywhere they go, they'd get ostracised and cast out. And, but they're like, no, no, we're going to go to the enemy's camp under the cover of darkness. And there is this profound picture of four lepers about to save a city simply because they moved. Simply because they dared to do something. Friend, do something. Move. <laughs> what direction? I don't know. But get up, get off your mat, start moving. God, I don't know which way to go, but I'm going to go. God, do you want me to hold the wheelbarrow, get in the wheelbarrow? What? I don't know. And don't, no, friend, fear will be there. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> we could build a campsite in the valley of self-pity. Safe. Keep your money, don't give it to God. Okay, I really need to bail on the English voice thing. But you hear what I'm saying, right? Fear will always be there to whisper. And they go, I'll go just as I am. Point number two, the power of a broken praise. The power of a broken praise. Friend, God will take a leprous praise. God will take a praise that's in pain. God will take a, pain, a praise that's been disappointed. We're all kind of waiting until we feel good. And I get it, I'm, I'm similar. Sometimes I'm like, you know, I know I always say this, but the drum hits that one bit in with everything and I could have just lost a leg and I'd still hop and praise. Like I'm like, that's the zone, you know what I mean? But God's not looking for people that praise in a zone. He's looking for people that praise through pain. He's looking for people that go, hey God, I'm disappointed. I've done the wrong thing. I'm a bit annoyed at you. My pastors are annoying, but I'm gonna praise you anyway. Think of Gehazi. Gehazi's like, I've let you down. I've let the prophet down. I now have a flesh eating disease, but I'm gonna go anyway. God, would you take my broken praise? Lord, I'll lift these limbs that are in pain. God, I'll move because I know you're good and I can't see it and there's no food and there's a famine. But as for me and my house, I'm a praise. I'm a praise. We cannot be Christians that just in that one zone. We have passion and culture and praise. When we have two weeks off and then we come back, we have the best Sunday morning ever because we've all had to breathe it. No, for the mature believer, that needs to be us every week. That needs to be us in our homes, in our marriage, with our kids, with our spiritual disciplines. What's the re revival resolution? It's I resolve myself to faith. I resolve myself to movement, not just when it's comfortable, but especially when it's not. My voice is abandoning me. I don't want a chair. I want the wheelbarrow. Man, I wage war on you. I wage war on you telling me that I should relax and stop and slow down. I wage war on you trying to super spiritualize my dysfunction and telling me to look after me and my thing and me first. I wage war on that. It's not about me. And I'm not gonna do the caveats of all the things you know. It's not about us, church. It's about the people that aren't here. Yeah. 
The people that are going to hell. Can I tell you, God can heal you on the walk. God can heal you as you limp. You can walk wounded. Jacob did it. You can walk wounded. I'm not going to tell you all the things about being smart and blah, blah, blah. Just lean in and go, God, what do you want from me? Outside of the books, outside of the PD, outside of the counsellor, outside of the medication. God, what do you have? Great physician, guide me. I don't want to be guided by culture, Christian or otherwise. I want to be guided by you. But friend, I promise He'll ask you to do some stuff you don't want to do. God, God makes me mad sometimes. What did the enemy hear? The enemy heard the sound of an army as they moved. I think it's so beautiful that as they walked, friend, let's get real with it, potentially with wounds, with cracked and hairline fractures on their femur, with flesh falling off as they walked, however far away it was. The enemy's camp would usually be about one to two kilometres away so that they couldn't get poisoned or arrows shot at them. So they walked and they were like, oh man, we want some food. God was like, I'll use them as a revival. I'll use them to scare the enemy off. You might be here and you might be hanging on by a thread. You might be a single parent. You might have a past. You might currently still be battling addiction. God can use you if you move. If you move, God can use you. Ed Young says, God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. Step out and find out. In the West as believers, so often we're like, God, you show me and I'll go. When God's saying, go, and I'll show you. It's life in the wheelbarrow. It's not fun. You're right, Dad. This jumper was a terrible idea. Like, under here, it's just like soup. <laughs> it is an awful picture. I love how I'm talking about leprosy. You guys are like, yeah, cool. I'm like, I'm a bit sweaty. You're like, oh, God. <laughs> oh, my goodness, Lord. <laughs> Point number three, the everlasting cry for comfort. Benji, you can come join me, please. So they're there and they're like, this is all right. Gehazi, we're good. God's come through. Can I be honest? They were probably getting drunk to get rid of the pain. They wouldn't have had access to barley, barley beer or, or great wine. And so they were probably drinking and drinking to numb the pain. They're like, we've made it. The enemy's gone. They would have stolen enough gold to set up. And once again, they probably were still going to die, but they were good. You know, you can tell they're like from the hood because it says, and they took all the gold and hid it. <laughs> this is my no, stop it. Don't look. Right when they reached a level of comfort, a little voice said to them, hey, you should go tell people. You should go back to the palace. You know. <laughs> Ooh. 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 It's been a journey to get here. Come on, this is good. Songs being written. KCW's doing well. Senior pastors in war zones ripping it up. Pretty full mornings. Solid evenings, faithful givers, this is good. And we hear God go again. God, I've been I'm a bit tired, I'm 30, I'm, I'm a little bit overweight, I'm tired, it's been hard. 
People have had issues with me, gotten mad at me, gotten mad at my family. Can, can, we, can we enjoy the, the, the field that we're in? <laughs> Some of you, you're like, hey, um, life just got good. I just got comfortable. I just stopped living week to week on my bills. I try and ignore him. He's like, Fred. I'm like, what? <laughs> He's like, do, do you remember when there were 17 people on a Sunday morning and you sat with your dad and you were like, oh, it's done? <sighs> Shut up. <laughs> do you remember when flying Jetstar somewhere? It's the biggest honor in the world. Do you remember when any skerrick of, of health would have brought you more joy than anything? Yeah? Well, the same faith that got you all here is the same faith that will take you to the next level. And I feel him calling us again to the wheelbarrow. And friend, I'm not that keen. I like being comfortable. But he didn't call me to comfort. Because in the wheelbarrow is resource, but also the need for more resource. New staff with staff dynamics. Our senior pastors traveling the world to bring the gospel to those less fortunate. Trying to find a facility. Campuses, legal, HR, this, that, the other. Outreach events, spiritual stretching. Nah, man, I'm pretty good. <laughs> I want to stay here. But remember what Jesus said in the Garden of Gethsemane. Father, would you take this cup? Not my will, but your will be done. Oh my gosh, is he comparing like our attitudes to Jesus? Yeah, because it's you're giving up your comfortable life. You're not going to be nailed to a cross in Jesus' name. But there's a sacrifice to, hey, I'm not going to coast. I want to prophesy over some people this morning. Your season of being stagnant because of disappointment. I'm not going to prophesy it's ending because that's on you. (laughs) But it's a great morning to move on. It's a great morning to invest. It's a great morning to go, there is no perfect church. There is no perfect pastor. Yeah. But I'm a limp to the camp. I'm going to do what I can do. Quick recap. Number one, we cannot stay here. What's crazy about God, it doesn't matter where you are on a sliding scale. It matters where you are on your faith journey. You might be giving $10,000 a week. But if it's time to go up, it's time to go up. You might attend this, insert whatever, you get what I'm saying. But if God's calling you deeper, He's calling you deeper. Our proclivity is to go, but what about them? They're not called deeper. Do they even go to PSR? Who cares? What are you called to? The enemy is sneaky. He's a sneaky hobbit. And he likes to make you go, yeah, but look at what they're doing. So it's like fear and false logic talking to you all the time. But you've been sitting in that valley for so long that they've set up outposts and they've got like a direct line to your soul. Keep moving. It's harder for him to talk to you. I'm going. Where are you going? Not entirely sure. Towards Katie. (laughs) 
where are you going, bro? I'm not fully sure, but I just, I don't know. I guess I'm just walking with God. But what about, no, no, I can't hear you. <laughs> not listening. <laughs> not listening. <laughs> but what about, no, no, I don't care. I'm just walking with God. What if you go the wrong way? Well, then I go the wrong way. That's all right. At least I'm doing something. But what if people laugh at you? They will laugh at you. If you don't want anyone to laugh at you, don't be a Christian. I promise next sermon I'll talk about like fluffy stuff. Our senior leaders, they've got a, Gabby and Rob, they've got, <laughs> they've got, they've got a vision to take us somewhere. And, and as senior leaders do, they're, they're kind of already there. That's what prophetic leadership does. We just got to decide we're going to go with them. With our time, with our effort, with our praise, with our worship, with our prayers, with our fasting, with our resource. We've got to go. Why don't we stand this morning? I'm, uh, we're going to sing something. Maybe the, um, and when he prays and when he moves, that one, that'd be cool, if that's all right. We stood a wall there, stand, the worship is looking at me like, did we sing that one? This is what I want us to do. Quickly, I just want to make sure everyone here knows Jesus. And then we're going to create a worship altar, a praise altar, where we're going to ask God to help us have faith and we're ask, going to ask God to help us to move in the direction He has. I want to encourage you to come back tonight. Pastor Jazz is speaking on, on praise and the power it holds. It's going to be amazing. But really quickly, if we could just close our eyes, bow our heads just quickly. I just want to make sure if you're in this place, I'm not going to draw this out, but if you don't know God or if you're away from Him, I didn't ask if you're, if you go to church or if you're a leader, do you know God? And if you don't know God or if you've walked away from God, no one's looking. But on the count of three, I'd love you to give me a wave. I'm not going to call you out the front, not going to embarrass you, but I want to give you an opportunity to respond to God. One, if that's you, I want you to respond. Two, thank you that in the Bible it says right now is a time of salvation. Three, if that's you, would you just give me a quick wave and pop your hand back down if that's you. Thank you, I see that hand. Is there anyone else? Is there anyone else? Just keep our eyes closed, heads bowed, just to give people privacy. Is there anyone else this morning that wants to say yes to Jesus? Want Him to help you walk through life? Beautiful. Well, come on. It says all of heaven rejoices when one says yes to God. So that's great. pray for you and then we're going to worship for a couple of minutes and then we'll close up the service. I want to encourage you. Someone might pray for you, but if that's you, I'm not even going to try and break down. Just if that message meant something to you, as we sing this song, why don't you come forward? Not for me, not for the leadership, but just to say, God, I want to move. So I'm going to pray for you. Father, we thank you this morning that you're calling us to move. We can't stay here, God. you got plans. you got purposes. Lord, help us get into the wheelbarrow for everyone that has the voice of fear or the voice of false logic speaking in their ear. Father, would you speak to them today? Would you encourage them? Let us be a house of faith in Jesus' name. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's message. Our hope is that you have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. If not, we'd like to invite you to begin your journey with Him today. When we read Scripture, we see that sin separates us from God, but that our relationship with God is restored by salvation through Jesus Christ. This happens because God gave Jesus his son to die in our place, to deal with the sin problem, and he rose again so that we can have eternal life with him. 
If we believe in our hearts and confess with our mouths that Jesus is Lord, we can know salvation today. If you're ready to do that and turn from a life of sin, then pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Saviour. Amen. If you've prayed this prayer for the first time today, we would love to know and reach out to you and support you. So please contact us at hello at kingdomculturechurch.com.au.